It's like the girl who didn't believe in the moon. That's a Harry Potter book. I don't know what you mean when you say that. <laughs> I held an entire conversation with her about it, and I don't either. But she didn't believe in the moon. Good for her. Has she you never it, been girl. out at... Girl bossing. Yep, That's what's yep, up, right? Nope. Seen it. She has their whole conversation about it. Don't understand the theory or justification. It, but Don't just drop that and then act like, act like I'm a dick for asking questions. What does yeah. she think that was? I don't A I cloud? Don't know. She's a flurfer, right? I don't remember. It's that crazy chick that worked at the front lanes. Um, oh, yeah. She is a flat earther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's why... That's why they the flat earther. Was she a flat earther? I yes. don't. I don't recall her. Ever yeah. Wait. What is what is the moon to them that, then? So. It's just a satellite in the sky that rotates around. They have a whole. They have a whole geometry for how the sun yeah, and the moon so move around. What about the sun to them? Is a satellite the satellite isn't like the it. government or still a celestial body? It's still a celestial body. I think it's just. We're on a flat disc, and it's just okay. Okay, that's like at least more res- that's more respectable. Yeah. I was like, if they think this is a fucking psyop, <laughs> no, no, I'm no, not- no, 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 no. Th- that's a okay. different. That's a that's dome theory. They're a different group, but the, the dome theory is. Um, I don't it, think I like them. Don't. Dome, no, no, no. Do- we can't. Oh, not with this oh, it's podcast. <laughs> it's ten fifteen. And we can't yeah. get into flurfers and domers. No. It's a type <sighs> of religious fundamentalism. Stop. Stop. Who do they pray to? No, don't let me ask more questions. <laughs> Just start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. I ain't seen a ball player tonight. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave, Ella, and Casey. I don't know what happened this week. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Dave? This month, I hope you've got your library card because we're going to need to take out some books. It is bookworm month. We're looking at movies based on books, and it's been a mixed bag for us. To <laughs> like say the books. Least. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should judge a book by its cover sometimes. Ooh. Ooh. Especially this week. <laughs> yeah. Last week, we watched the kind of adaptation of Beowulf. Kind of. Starring Christopher Lambert. This week, Casey, we watched something very different from that. So, I this yeah, week I yeah. brought a film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah explain it to us, Casey. <laughs> yeah, please, please do. This please week do. I chose a movie based on a book that I found on Etsy that had a picture of Gary fucking Busey on it. <laughs> I went with 1980s Carney, and I found out later that yeah. the movie absolutely came out first while the book was like being written and then the book was finished later that year oh, they were great. attempting to like release them uh, yeah. at the same time so casey yes. screwed us over she violated the theme she will be shamed off the show i mean okay shame it, <laughs> we've all done it 
I after Dune and the Dark Tower, it's probably good to bring something that absolutely none of us can possibly nerd out over the original <laughs> text. On. Yeah, yeah, that's totally it's fair. Old. That's totally fair. I do kind of want to read this. Is this I? Well, I want Ashley to read it first and then tell me if I can handle reading <laughs> that's it. That's the strategy. I, like, because the characters are already going to be the actors in my mind, I got to tread real carefully. Real carefully. All right, Casey, before we get too deep into this film, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. You decided to go to the local carnival because it's the Great American Carnival. How could it be a bad time? You got yourself some elephant ears, some fries. You know, you're full of fried food right now, and you're going to pay for that later. Hell You've yeah. You've played a little games, but then there's this young, delicious-looking woman with a bunch of strings over her shoulder that's just <laughs> coming on to you and wants you to pull her string. Does she so look like Megan Rapinoe? She might. She might. In the 10 okay. seconds before this broad swindles you for all of your money, sell us on this movie. Mr. Steal Your Girl Gary Busey proves that the motorcycle accident didn't do much damage, unlike what the sex scenes did to me. This is being at a job for too long, the movie. Eight seconds! <laughs> Eight seconds. Um, totally agree on the the sex scenes doing psychic yeah. damage. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It, was... But here's here's the thing. I'm so grateful they weren't worse. Yeah, absolutely. I understand yeah. how lucky we were, especially for 1980. Yeah, yeah. No, we got real weird. In the spoiler 70s. alert: There's a scene at the end of the movie that doesn't go the way I thought it was gonna go, and I'm glad it didn't because shit was about to get launched through my television. <laughs> Yes. I also took the the burden of like, oh, God, if this goes the other way, they're just going to fucking yell at me for like 15 minutes. Like, I. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was uh, I was getting ready to uh, like I was. You were going to get projectiles here. It was going to be in the discord. I would have warned you. I would have warned you and expected the same courtesy. Before we get too worked up, let's go over the movie that shitty cinema watched. The film's main plot is the relationship of the three main characters. The first is Patch, who is the carny equivalent of the mob's consigliere for the traveling great American carnival. He's patching up relationships and deals to keep the carnival running. Uh, oh, I see uh, what they did there. Ah, Superman 4. His roommate and act partner, Frankie, then sits in a dunk tank and insults the audience in clown makeup, calling himself Bozo. Frankie gets people worked up, and Patch helps relieve them of their cash as they try to send Bozo into the water. The hustle, though, is the B-pot of the film. So, we can put that aside. Two's company becomes three when Frankie invites Donna, an 18-year-old small-town local, to join the carnival. When Patch finds out she's staying with them, he's less than thrilled? Annoyed? They really try very hard in the beginning to plant the seed of, She's 18! She's 18. <laughs> One years old. You're the carnival. Aren't kids supposed to be running away to you all the time? Yeah, Not but they do sex things. And, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's they Patch says that. Like, he's he like, well, hey, we're crossing some state lines. And Gary Buse is like, no, she's really 18. Casey. <laughs> yep. She's 18. She'll be 19 in December. Correct. To get Patch off her back, Donna gets a job <laughs> as a backup dancer for the strippers. 
Patch manipulates the operator of the strip show, who shoves Donna on stage, where she freezes and the crowd immediately riots. I like the guy that just hopped up and started stripping himself personally. That's the energy. Hey, man man wanted to make sure everybody was just having a good time. Hey, if no one else is going to do it, I'll do it. After the incident, Donna takes the blame instead of calling Patch out. I guess she wanted to patch up their relationship. (laughs) No. Hate you. But kind of. Right. Well, Frankie (laughs) moves to protect his girlfriend, but keep her working so that she can travel with them and convinces the string hustlers to take her on as a string hustling apprentice. I hate I have never seen string hustling at a carnival. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Neither. No, that was a first for me. Yeah. I've seen that at the fair. Really? Really? Yeah. That's a yeah. real thing. You just go, you just pick a string, yes. you yank on it, and they go, oh, nope, not a good string. Here's your it's piece like of shit. It's like the people who play one number uh, Kino. I didn't know that it actually existed. Yeah. I hate that I know what that is now. Okay. And at least Donna's good at the string hustling. Yeah, really, gotta give it that. really good at string hustling, though she basically just flirts with mostly female Whoever. passerby. Get it, girl. Yeah. Get it. Until she gets caught riding Patch's dick by Frankie. That makes things a little awkward, doesn't it? Thanks for not saying hard. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, it was such a, uh, a gargantuan task. The C-plot behind all this drama is that a local mobster enforcer is made a mark by the carnies. Mad that he lost a bunch of money, he tears the place up and returns with daddy, local yokel mob boss. Dude owns a happy ending parlor. Come on. Which, I don't know. He's also worried about fucking the carnival competing with his happy ending parlor. Come on. Come on. What? What? I mean, this carnival has a shitty strip tent, so I suppose. Yeah, no, that's one I've never seen as a carnival strip tent, but I also don't doubt it's a thing. Fair. I'm sure it's existed somewhere. I feel... That's very believable. I'd, I'd walk in just to see... Absolutely. I mean, when the mob boss and his enforcer show up to the carnival, the carnies fake behead the enforcer. Yeah, they pull off a basic magic trick, and the mob boss freaks off and goes running into the night. In the end of all of this, Donna stays with the carnival, Patch and Pozo resume their bromance, and the carnival musters on in what I can only assume is a metaphor that was lost on me. All right, Case. Explain to me what I don't understand. Yeah, I guess let's let's just go to right to that. How does the carnival how does the carnival compete with the happy ending parlor? Like I expressed earlier, this pimp, his whole thing was the women that are working work under him. Any woman who gets paid to fuck in that town owes him a cut. The and carnival doesn't bringing, have prostitutes though, does it? No, but like they fucking while they're in town. Right, but like does just consensual non-paid sex like if I fuck in a just, hotel the, in this man's town, is he gonna show up like eighteen dollars <laughs> each? So he just wants his cut of what, the strip tent? The He's just a fucking hardball playing pimp who got his shit wrecked by Carnies. He's trying to play hardball. I'm just saying at no point does this mafia intimidate me and the motherfuckers get fleeced by carnies. Like, come on. How 
better than him. Yeah, anybody I mean, can get fleeced, fleeced by, by carnies. Like, yeah, I get fleeced dude, by a carny too. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. All right, yeah, our our mob bosses are terrible villains, but it doesn't really fucking matter because they're in one scene at the beginning of the movie, and then they just fuck off until the third act when people go, "Oh shit, we need a plot." And, and they also they look like up. two of the BGs, so like they're not intimidating. Uh, no, I, Dave, you're. They don't show up until the third act. You're confusing the the first couple of encounters that he has with like random politicians. One of them he gives tickets to to the carnival. Like Fred hey, Ward or, is in it. He pays Fred yeah. Ward off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pays Fred Ward off. He pays a, a council member, a city council member, or some shit. And then it isn't until the third act when they get in this town. That this fucking gangster he has this payoff competition dick measuring contest, and then this whole thing happens, because the real plot of this movie is the relationships and the character development. But it, it I mean, there's drama, but it's yeah, not really structured barely, drama. It's it, it's it, more it, like it's less plot and more like a day in the life of yeah like, over the course of it feels more like a lifetime biopic. Kind of. Where they really want the biopic to be about the carnival more than the people. <laughs> I Yeah, kind of. Um, he's a pimp playing hardball. and He's immediately demanding $7,500 from them just to be in town. And Patch is constantly paying people off as it is. Right. Like, or first of all, what? This is way... This is way too many bribes for uh, a carnival to play in a small town. Right. Like, we've already had, like, three or four bribes, and I just don't believe you. Well, no, those are each town that they're in. Every time, there's one bribe per town. They always got to grease some wheels. we're going through that many towns that quickly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shows them in the car, Dave. It's $7,500. That's a ton. Do you know what local politicians get bribed for? It's yeah. right. You played yourself. <laughs> but like that's why each town had different rules. Like some people were like, we don't want the strip tent. Another town yeah. like no freaks. Yeah. No freak shows. What's we're a to carnival run, without a freak show? Come on. Yeah. Or the ones that didn't want any games a chance because it was against their gambling laws in that town. That's why he was bribing random ass people. I mean, that's fine. Carney games aren't games of chance. They're all rigged. Yeah. So. Listen, Carnies are still way smarter than me in a lot of ways because I think, like, in order to get into the carnival to build the rides, are like, you got to make this Grand Am run again. And they just bring in a random Grand Am from the junkyard. <laughs> and that's your, that's your exam. Can you be a Carney? Can you get that running? Okay, yeah, you can run rides. Okay, we're talking a lot about carnies and not carny. So are you telling me that you think Gary Busey, as depicted in this film, could get a Grand Am running again? Yes, or talk his way out of it or talk someone else into doing it and him still getting credit. His gift Those is are gab. very different things, though, right? As like, long as the Grand Am's running. Well, he's not running any of the machines. He just, no. he shit talks. Yeah. So that's his profession. That his was, okay. Let's talk about Gary Busey. Yeah, let's, In the let's drunk. do that. Yeah. First oh off, let's my God. set the scene. This movie opens 
with an extreme close-up of Gary goddamn Busey yes. applying clown makeup in a dimly lit <laughs> mirror. Yes. Over some weird music. Apprehension. Thy name is Carney. <laughs> I was already off the bus. I was like, fuck you, Casey. Fuck I was you. barely hanging on to that San Francisco treat. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Extreme close up. He applies the clown makeup and then he grabs the one bare light bulb hanging from the ceiling and makes it swing around so as to cast creepier shadows. <laughs> okay, we didn't all have ring lights in 1980, Dave. I did not sign up for Gary Busey clown horror shit. It was. Oh, it had me on my toes. I had that, a clenched butthole, but yeah, I'm I had a clenched trying butthole. to be open to the experience. It's not a horror film. Why did we start the movie <laughs> that way? I know. I was like, I'm really going to hate. I so the tone right from the beginning. I'm like, great. This is going to be fucking awful. I'm going to fucking just do bad shit to my wife's stuff. Can I just say, can I just say, how happy did you feel when you found out none of the shit you thought was going to happen happened? Not at all. I still it wasn't fucking happy. It subverted expectations. No, it's not. I mean, it's I, mean I guess. expectations but... in that I was like, I was initially watching this going, God damn it. Casey finally tricked me into watching Joker. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay. I'm so glad you said that because I'm watching this. I'm like, Gary Busey is a better joker than every other joker he's the he could do the kind animated of, yeah. series joker yeah i, I he's the see. only person i would trust with that role so a young gary Busey like this a younger gary Busey like this he could play old joker now so are you saying you want him Wait, in the next one with lady gaga as harley quinn yes 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 but yeah, no, after that goddamn taxi driver nightmare of an opening, we then switch <laughs> to find out that Gary Busey is giving himself this eye of the tiger psych up in a mirror to then get in a dunk tank and just yell at people. Well, it's okay. All right, Dave, let me pause right there and frame this back to my elevator pitch. The last part of that was... This is what happens when you've been at a job too long. They said that they've been traveling together for 10 years. Yes. Gary and Patch. I, I want to return to that, but yes. Okay, they've been, they've been carnies for 10 years. If you are telling me you've never had to... Have you worked at a place for 10 years? Yes. Yes. And you never had to give yourself a fucking pep talk to go to work? Multiple times for yeah. years. This is an intimate moment with a man whose job is paying the bill. It's golden handcuffs. You like fucking sharing broads with your best friend. And this is a great place to just spread syphilis around the country and get a strain named after you while you're double, te double teaming girls. Can I also bring up, it was really weird that like he was like, Bro, I don't want to fuck without you. <laughs> I brought some twins, and Gary Busey was like, mm, "Sorry, Patch, I'm yeah, gonna bang no, Jody Bob, 
Jodie Foster. I gotta go work that on was, the Jodie Foster thing. I didn't understand that interaction at all from any angle. That whole thing was just real <laughs> confusing to he was me. Trying to, he's been trying to break them up the whole time. Right. Yeah, but okay. like then he was he mad. Let, yeah, let's yes. let's properly right. set the scene for those who haven't read the book or seen the movie, which is oh everyone. My God. Good for <laughs> all of you. Yeah, good She's for all of you. Everyone. Good for all of you. I'm so Please jealous. Please watch this movie. I'm so jealous of There's you. There's a terrible DVD rip on YouTube. So, before Jodie Foster shows up to the circus, apparently, Patch and uh, Patch and Frankie are just. Eiffel Towering every broad that comes along. Yes. Uh, and this is just totally normal for the circus. Wait, to the point do you that- think do you think they've been Eiffeling Tower Eiffel Towering women for like the whole time that they've been there? All ten yeah. years? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, I just want to point out that it when when Frankie meets Jodie Foster, he says that he's twenty five. Uh-huh. And then he's been with the co- the the yeah, that was for a 10 lie. years. Yeah, Gary Busey was not 25. Yeah, I'm no, just no. saying. He was lying to her. He's like, because he was in the I want to get in your pants stage of the game. Yeah, this this was like the like 40-year-old dad in a toupee cruising college bars. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> 26. Gary Busey is 36 in this film. <laughs> yeah, he 80s. looks 39. So yeah, I'll I'll just write that off rather than assume. But yeah, I maybe he did join the circus when he was 15 and I'm sure something that is now classified as a crime happened to him <laughs> at that time. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Robbie anyway. Robertson. I think that's the guy who played Patch. Yes. I'm going to say he could trick me, but I know my lizard brain would scream run as soon as Gary Busey entered the chat. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know who Robbie Robertson is? Uh, Robbie Robertson is like a super prolific musician and also an awesome actor. Which is why he's got the like rock star swagger on screen where I was like, yeah. ugh. God. Yeah, I totally bought him. He as, could convince me. He right, could convince I, yeah. me. I totally yeah. bought him as a sleazy carny that could like talk the pants off of women there. I wasn't yes. nuts about the twins that are presented as like, we can just show up with whatever configuration and they're going to do <laughs> it, man. Because like, I don't know if like you understand that now you, the carny, are the fetish, right? If they're cool with that. I think they're okay with it. That's fair. Robbie Robertson, though, also had experience in uh, as a carny, which is part of why he signed on to the film. He spent a couple of years, I think, in his youth doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. Of course, he kind of felt natural in that role. Oh, my God. Was he the yeg in this? Was he, like, if Gary Busey really was 15 when he started? Was it, like, right. really Robbie, Robbie Robertson? Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't oh know. Oh, my God. I don't know. Because this is not just in the behind the scenes. This 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 goes into their work as well, as presented by Jodie Foster in the String Hustle game, which is mostly shown by her just aggressively flirting with closet lesbians. Okay, so let me just stop here. This movie is a pretty, I'm going to say, 
in a anti-gay era, it's a very open-minded. It doesn't like make it weird about characters going one way or the other, being fluid in their sexuality. The Carney's very fluid in their sexuality. It was surprisingly progressive in that respect. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, it doesn't really ever present any male homosexual relationships beyond just are you kidding their me? Dicks out around each other. Wait, uh, Frankie? No, the jealous nature of uh, Frankie and Patch and Gary Busey, they definitely had chemistry. They had the most chemistry. <laughs> they did have the what? only believable chemistry. What are you talking about? This is a very, like, interview with a vampire heterosexual. Like, they're really good friends and roommates. <laughs> They get on each other's nerves, but they're best friends. This is carnival vampires. <laughs> Look at, is it not progressive sexually, but progressive like in looking at the carnival lifestyle and its treatments of carnies? It didn't really fetishize any of the people like. I mostly agree with you. Like, the fat man, I think, is the most interesting character in the film, and I'd love to talk about him for a moment. But uh, I don't think that the film delivers on any of that. I, I agree with you that we get, like, these tiny, tiny vignettes of interesting, yeah. but nothing yes. ever fucking yeah, happens. Yeah, these, these brief flashes of the carnival are far and away the most interesting parts of the pseudo-biopic yes. that I see that make me interested in the carny shit. The... Sexual exploits of our main love triangle, I don't care about so aggressively. Everybody in the carnival fucks, though. Well, that's fine. And that's Honestly, part of it. If they would have gotten rid of the, the whole, like, drama plot around the external influence and would have just focused on all of the different characters and made it more... They were already leaning into a character drama, just buy all the way into fucking character drama... And let us see these these characters like the fat man and the bearded woman and appreciate them. And I think it would have been a much more interesting film. Yeah. And instead of somehow finding a plot that lets us see Jodie Foster almost get raped. Yeah. Could have Robbie Robertson that. comes in to slit the guy's throat. But I need to fucking point out she was 16 in this film. Jesus 16 Christ. when she recorded this film, right? And there's the scene with Robbie Robertson where she's possibly got her tits out. I don't know. They show her from the back. Maybe she's got they some pasties, pasties on. They have pasties, Sure, but like, I... She's still 16. Feelings, right. Oh, the yeah, nope. I'm not saying like she's not... fine. I'm right. just saying I hope she's wearing pasties. And Gary Busey was 36? Yeah, yes. 35, 36, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A can you imagine being 16 and having to make out with Gary Busey? <gasps> oh, not just make out with Gary Busey. Make out with Gary Busey in clown makeup while he rubs it all over your fucking face, Casey. Fuck you. I'm so mad. I almost What are you bitching about? You don't break out. out. I would have a broken out beard pattern <laughs> for at least three weeks if clown makeup touched my face okay, i could feel my face getting oily just oh <laughs> yeah 
I have tea patterned like oiliness right now just thinking about it. <laughs> Ugh. It was awful, Casey. That was one of the worst fucking things I've seen. After the clown intro, that was too much. Too much. Let me let me take a step back and say I'm really happy they only made Jodie Foster like tongue kiss Gary Busey less than twice. <laughs> what a thing to celebrate. I I am. I I was so afraid of what this movie was yeah. going to be. I was really terrified from the picture on the books. I'm like, is this going to be like a borderline pink flamingo situation? And so I'm really happy with the way it turned out because it was so scared. I was so scared that you were going to go darker. You can't be happy because it didn't go as depressingly dark as you thought it was. Fuck you. Right, that it's doesn't called count. reframing, and no. I learned it in therapy. It doesn't count. <laughs> I'm really happy count. this did not go as bad as it did. <laughs> it did in my mind based on the picture. Can I talk about the fat man? Yeah, sure. So the movie tells us that the fat man never leaves his trailer. He's got this cute little adorable like 50s trailer. And then there is this moment where they open up the trailer. It opens up like a, a garage door almost um, or uh, like an awning so they can prop it open. And he's got this perfectly cute, adorable little living space. And he plays the guitar and sings wonderfully. The man is a fantastic performer. And it's really touching and also really interesting and then later on in the film, he's out of his trailer and he's looking up in the rain. And like the fat man is the most fucking interesting character in this film. And I'm really upset that I didn't get to learn more about. I just was like, fuck you, Frankie. I don't care about all of your bullshit. Talk to me about the fat man. The whole thing is about Patch learning to adapt to change. Because so much has been unchanged for such a long time. So it's the the theme of change with the change of the old man. Dad says he's going to retire once they get to Chattanooga or whatever. The thing <laughs> of the fat man who never comes out. He actually comes out and dances oh. in the rain and Robbie oh. Robertson. And it's getting him to adapt to Meg Foster says there's not room for three in that relationship between right. Patch and his boy. And that's why the Jodie Foster thing works out because after he fucks Jodie Foster, he's like, I see what the fuss is about. I think we can make this work. <laughs> and they continue to travel together. I'm pretty sure that's what the whole movie was. That is a much more coherent interpretation than I took away. I'll tell you that. That's what I took away. First watch. You know what? I feel like normally I'm the one coming up with these these sorts of themes. It's interesting to be on the other side of this where I'm like, this is an incoherent mess. And you're like, no, there's a fucking story wow, here. Let me teach a film class on Carney. One of the cool things about Carney is that it, it acts as a bookend for us and that we have an actor that was in Dune, which was the first movie we watched this month, and Carney, which is the guy that played Baron Harkonnen in Dune, also played... Heavy St. John, who was uh, like one of the managers or promoters at the at the carnival, drove around in a, a three wheeled golf cart. Um, but it was a very different role than Baron Harkonnen. Is I'll that say a that. theme for him? Like different vehicles? Like he gets <laughs> to fly around in a little hover thing in Dune. In Dune, yeah. 
he's known for having a golf cart in this universe. Like, is that a demand of his? Is that his yellow M&Ms? I only play characters that cruise around on interesting vehicles. Cruising's got to be part of their personality. I mean, number three on his known for is Runaway Train. So without <laughs> It's never coming back. You know what we did not talk about was Gary Busey's performance as the shit-talking clown in a cage. Gary Busey, if he's ever looking for a side hustle, that's it, buddy. That is fucking it. He is excellent at carnival barking people into a place to throw balls at him in a cage. Yeah, I get why people yeah. would throw money to see him get fucking dunked into a. Oh Absolutely. my god! Maybe he does is... the voice change so good. Like, and sorry, go on. Maybe this is just uh, you know an era thing because this movie was made in the eighties. I don't have memories of carnivals before you know mid to late nineties, but I've never seen a carnival barker or a dunk tank clown this aggressive outside of like a Ren fair. Dude really puts in work. <laughs> insulting the people passing by dude he you know he sees a couple of guys is like oh hey everybody and uh everybody welcome the lee brothers ugh and home yeah that was, <laughs> that was a bit of a thinker woo, i guess woo, woo. he was like would randomly make noises like you know how they would yeah, use like of- the bullhorns to like get your attention to he was a human bullhorn he was a he human, was a human shit talking yeah. machine Randomly grabbing on, yeah, climbing on the cage and just shaking it like he's a goddamn monkey. Yes, right. <laughs> or from the top and you're like kicking the bars at people. So that's that's how Jodie Foster is introduced in this film. Is Gary Busey is shit talking your boyfriend, and he was already at a twelve when he walked up. <laughs> they fucking mark him from the beginning because the more pissed people are, the more they're gonna pay to throw balls at Gary Busey. And that's their <laughs> grift. It's not a grift. It's just emotional manipulation. And yeah, that's, that's his fucking... That's that's what they're great at. Oh, yeah. So he pisses people off enough that, like, at one point... Well, this is kind of later when there's a riot for no reason. But they do flip him. They, like, tip the tank over with all the fucking water in it. Oh, yeah. During several of his performances, we see that he gets people so angry. They're not even trying to dunk him anymore. They're just hucking baseballs at the cage he's in. Like he's the yeah. goddamn kid in the in the golf ball collector at the range. That's why he... <laughs> you know what? And that kid at the golf ball collector has to do a weird makeup pep talk every morning before work, too. You don't get to judge their journey until you walk a mile in their golf shoes. Okay, the shit that Gary Busey was saying in the dunk tank to people was classic, like, sly, witty, boomer humor, but it worked. It worked at the time, and the other guy that we keep, we've kind of danced around is dad or papa or whatever the fuck, the weird On old mark, guy that creeps everybody out at the circus because he's spacey and rapey at the same time. He starts shit talking Jodie Foster when she's just trying to buy a hamburger. And <laughs> she's trying to read the menu. And I'm so stealing this. She's taking a long time. And he's like, if I had all night, I'd be an astronaut, honey. Yes, I'm going to use that on someone. 
That's not good. If I had all night, I'd be an astronaut. Absolutely not. It's always night in space. It's always night in space. No. If I had all night, I'd be an astronaut. That's where he was going with that. Night and day are only concepts that apply on planets. On Earth. Right. There is no night in space. There's just... Right, sure, there's also no day. There's okay, no distinction you know between the two. There's day the if you can see stars. The discussion this has generated is <laughs> Which proof you can that it's always not see a good stars. idea if your goal is to get it her is... to pick a goddamn hamburger. This ah! is like when I had to explain why Lil Wayne was great to you. You give it five years and you'll understand why that's, that it's is a such a sick fact. burn. It's, it's a, a sick fact. burn. It's vacuous. It's a sick... That's okay. When I say I'm high as a giraffe's pussy, I don't mean literally eight feet. I'm not levitating. I'm just like too high to make a sandwich. <laughs> no, you're levitating. Is everything literal to you? Okay. Also, the circus dad guy kind of gave me teller vibes like Penn and Teller like that's why Teller's not allowed to talk because that's the shit he says <laughs> like when he's being like weirdly creepy with the fake dog and chasing mm. Jodie Foster with it into the arms of Gary Busey I dunk on Penn Teller's a pretty reasonable human being Penn's in I'm sure he yeah. is I'm just <laughs> saying like he kind of had the same like physicality as him where I was like ooh uh uh-uh. uh I don't like that I guess all right, Dave. We've talked about this carnival ride for long enough. 1980s Carney, would you watch it again? Wow, 1980. This was older than I thought it was. I thought it was mid-80s. Uh, absolutely not. No. This was <laughs> This was this was genuine effort for me to stay focused on throughout. Um I can tell. It was it it, it vacillated between potentially horrifying and incredibly boring. There was no in between in those moments, and yeah, the the greatest, uh, the greatest uh, emotions that I felt in this movie were when it didn't do the incredibly dark thing I thought it was setting up, and yeah. that doesn't actually count as like good writing. That's just thank you for not making me watch a sixteen-year-old Jodie Foster get raped, but I still didn't enjoy the movie. So a no, tip of the pimp hat to you. <laughs> Casey, what about you? I You seem to have some different feelings, so I'm really curious to know. Starring Gary Busey and Robbie Robertson and a 16-year-old Jodie Foster, Carney, would you watch it again? Robbie Robertson was fucking everything in this movie. He killed this role. I've never seen him act before. He obviously fucks. He oozes that. Um... Gary Busey, based on his performance, who he is post-accident has always been inside him. Um, And he's always Gary Busey. He's always a Gary Busey to me. Jodie Foster, absolutely incredible. She couldn't be a bad actress if she fucking tried. Um, Did not love that she had to be any kind of physically intimate with anybody in this film. Mm -mm. Fucking, Mm -mm. I'm so sorry. Um, Yes, I would watch this again. I actually watched it twice, and I enjoyed it more the second time. That's 
after I knew what to expect, Dave. So, no, it's not just because it didn't go as bad as I thought it was going to in every single scene. It it subverted my expectations. It was sometimes touching and charming. Other times it was bizarre and uncomfortable. No, there's not a lot of plot in it, but I think all of the actors do a pretty fucking good job at being unsettling sometimes and very human. So, yes, I would watch this again. Jay, how about you? I think I know where you're going to go, but I'll ask anyway. Carney from 1980, would you watch it again? I think you're right that it can be touching, and there are some moments that I really did love, like the fat man, who I thought was a really interesting character, and I wish they would have spent time developing. I think I would have liked it more if they would have spent more time as a character drama on this, as I've ranted about already. However, I watched Gary Busey, a 35-year-old Gary Busey, make out with a 16-year-old Jodie Foster and smear clown makeup all over her fucking face. And that was the moment where I said, no, no, I will not fucking subject myself this to this. I will not fucking subject myself to this. I'm not going to do it again. That was fucking awful. I feel violated. And I'm not Jodie Foster. Fuck this. No, I am not going to watch Carney again. But that's it. The verdict is in. One out of three of us is going to watch Carney again. What about yes, you folks? Yes, I would. Listeners, have you watched Carney? Would you watch it again? Let us know on Facebook and Instagram. Casey, what do we have going on next week? Firstly, watch Carney if you like a vaguely homoerotic character study. Boom. There you go. You've got your movie. Next month, we're reaching the end of the year. So instead of doing the yearly review of, oh, what movies came out? Fuck that. Hindsight's 2020. We're going <laughs> back to our childhood movies that we thought were awesome, obsessed <laughs> with, and may suspect that they did not withstand the test of time. So next week, I'm bringing Wish Upon a Star from 1997, starring Katherine fucking Heigl. Yes, she's 100% that bitch. I don't know anything about this. You've never seen this movie, Dave? Have you seen this? This was on Disney Channel a lot. I, I have Her and her sister switch bodies. Never heard of No idea. Oh, man. Oh, man, you're in for a treat. No need to make a wish. You can follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook at SH.TTYCinema. Throw us a couple bucks to pull our string at Patreon slash Shitty Cinema or PeepShittyCinema.com. Check the show notes for those links and let's turn out the lights. Screw in a light bulb. And swing it around our fucking trailer while we put some clown makeup on. Huh?